Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why did the LDS Church come out in support of House Bill 8404, the Respect for Marriage Act? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began discussing this article that appeared in the Salt Lake Tribune. It originally came out on November 15th, 2022, and then there were some revisions made to it, and it was updated the next day. But the title read, In a Stunning Move, the LDS Church Comes Out for Bill. It's interesting they say comes out for Bill that recognizes same-sex marriage. Yesterday, I asked the question, why would they even do this? Is that a wise move coming out in favor of a bill like this? Because it seems to already be causing a lot of confusion. And one of the questions that I asked in yesterday's show was, how is this going to affect the convert rate to the LDS church if the perception is going to start circulating that maybe the church is changing its position when it comes to same-sex marriage? Now, the church insists that it's not. They still maintain that marriage is between a man and a woman, but there seems to be a lot of confusion out there. Now, Eric, we were discussing off-air that usually we find the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as far as converts are concerned, they seem to attract more of your traditional conservative families. Is this going to play well if the perception starts going around that maybe the church is moving in another direction and going in the direction more of the mainline churches, which have become highly irrelevant when it comes to religious issues for most people anyway? How is this going to work for them? Was this wise? And I tend to think that it was not really a wise decision. And the reason why is because of all the confusion it has now generated. Just within a few days. You and I were trying to speculate which of the apostles possibly could have brought this forward, but certainly whoever it was, Russell M. Nelson had to have been in approval. And we have talked about this before in 2018, for instance, when he came up with the idea that Mormon is no longer a good word, that Jesus is not happy when that word is used. He gets this revelation at night. Do you think, Bill, this might be something that he did receive a a revelation that he was supposed to go this direction? I I really don't know the answer to that question, Eric. It seems to me like politics is playing a huge role in this decision, as I think when it comes to this subject matter anyway, politics is all over the place. They're not sticking to what would be a biblical understanding, but yet they often don't stick to a biblical understanding. I never hear the LDS church using, for instance, 1 Corinthians 6 or 1 Timothy 1 as any type of proof for their position. They seem to go with their gut feelings, go with their emotions or whatever, and we know how dangerous that can be. But I want to get back to this whole notion of whether or not this was a wise decision on their part. Now, certainly they're going to insist that it is. Their leaders cannot make mistakes, and so they're going to stick with this. 
it's just going to be interesting for people like us who are keeping a watchful eye on the church when it comes to this topic to see how they're going to explain themselves in coming days. Now, there was a statement in this article. It was made by Troy Williams, the executive director of Equality Utah. And it quotes him as saying what? That he was heartened to see the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints publicly take this stance today. Why would he be heartened to see the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints publicly take this stance today if, as the Church insists, they really didn't change their position? Why is he heartened by this? I, I have to think they see that the church is slowly coming in their direction because let's just be honest with ourselves, folks. When it comes to this movement, they want complete approval of what they do. They don't want a partial approval. They want complete approval, and they're having difficulty getting that, although they are gaining more and more converts, especially among younger people, even younger people in the LDS church. And I would have to argue we're seeing this creep into the Christian churches as well, and mainly in churches that don't teach doctrine. And so it is something that's really happening. We are certainly aware of it. Williams went on and said, despite differences we may have, we can always discover common ground on policies and laws that support the strengthening of all families. The church has had a history of saying that homosexuality and certainly same-sex marriage doesn't strengthen families at all, that it's a detriment to the families. And we're going to be looking at some of these quotes. So how does Troy Williams draw that particular conclusion that this supports the strengthening of all families? An LDS leader reading that comment in print in the Salt Lake Tribune, how are they taking that? Is that what they wanted to see? be the result of their coming behind this bill, 8404? It makes me wonder, did they not know that this was the possibility? Could it have been naive? Because in their first sentence, they did say that marriage was between a man and a woman. And I think in their minds, that should have settled the issue. But for that kind of a quote, I'm going to say they probably were not too happy that somebody like him was able to come up with that kind of conclusion. Then it goes on to cite Allison Dayton. Allison Dayton is the founder of the Lift and Love Foundation for LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. And she said that the church's message is huge. But yet, as you just said, when the church comes out and says, look, we haven't changed our position, why is Allison Dayton interpreting this as being huge? What is she seeing in this that apparently... I would have to assume the church itself doesn't seem to be such a big deal. She sees this as huge. Why? Again, I'll go back. I have a feeling what's going on here is they are seeing the church slowly, and they'll probably admit to you it is a slow movement. But let's be serious. What the church is saying now about same-sex marriage and homosexual behavior is certainly very different than what you would find decades ago in books that talk about this subject. And yet, Bill, at the same time, I'm not quite sure what the end game is. What will make these different advocates for same-sex marriage, what will make them happy? 
I'm going to suggest that they might want marriages in the temples to actually involve same-sex unions. I just don't see the reason for that, because that's not the purpose of exaltation. The celestial kingdom is all about having families. Well, how would you procreate if you're going to have two people who are of the same gender? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, then Allison Dayton goes on to say this, and it's cited in the article. She says, it answers once and for all the question, can members of the church support same-sex marriage? She says, the answer is yes, and the church does too. Now, in brackets, it says, as long as it's outside of the faith. Well, when you say the answer is yes, that a Latter-day Saint can support same-sex marriage, I can see where she's drawing that conclusion, because if the church is going to officially support this bill, and that's what it is supporting, it does give the impression that the church is also supporting same-sex marriage. But yet at the same time, we cannot forget, the LDS Church officially teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman. And they're going to have to keep going back to that statement. They're going to have to keep pointing back to the proclamation of the family and keep repeating that over and over again while people like Allison Dayton, and I will say too, people like Troy Williams are going to be out there promoting this idea that the church is somehow changing. Otherwise, why would they be heartened to see this? And why would they assume it's a huge development? Obviously, they think the church is making a course correction, however slow that may be, they're happy to see this. It's, it's the old proverbial camel's nose under the tent. Pretty soon, after a while, the whole camel's inside the tent. Is that what they're hoping for? I would assume that probably very well could be. Now, we're going to look at a statement that was also made by a religion professor by the name of Taylor Petrie. Taylor Petrie is a religion professor, as it says in this article, at Michigan's Kalamazoo College, and he's the author of a book, Tabernacles of Clay, Sexuality and Gender in Modern Mormonism. Taylor Petrie referred to this support for this House bill as a dramatic reversal of previous teachings. And again, I ask... How does he draw that conclusion? They haven't really condemned a lot of these past teachings. I haven't heard them say anything like that. And and that's not how Mormonism usually operates anyway. They rarely ever come out and condemn a former teaching. They tend to just let it die by not talking about it anymore. You can understand the risks they would run if they were to come out all the time and say, well, we know our past president so-and-so taught this, And now we're going to be teaching just the opposite. And yes, when our past president taught that, he was teaching false doctrine. They're not going to say that. It's not going to happen. You had an incident with a woman on the streets one time when it came to Spencer Kimball's book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. Why don't you tell that story? Yeah, I was out in Mesa, Arizona, passing out free copies of The Miracle of Forgiveness, one of my favorite evangelistic tactics, and a woman looked at me and got really angry and asked me the question, why would you hand out that book? 
I said, well, it's a book that has been recommended in General Conference, and Latter-day Saint leaders have have uh, seemed to support it over the years. Yes, that did go out of print in 2015, and which is one of the reasons I like to hand it out. She says, it's one of the most horrible books out there. I said, why? Well, he talks bad about homosexuality. I said, okay, so was he wrong in his teaching about homosexuality? She says, absolutely. I said, okay, well, then logically, if he was teaching false doctrine, then he must be a false prophet. Well, there were other Latter-day Saints who were standing around. She wasn't willing to go that far. She looked at me and, and said, well, that doesn't make him a false prophet. I said, well, certainly it would if he's teaching something that is contrary to what is true. And she didn't know what to do with that. But I think a lot of Latter-day Saints don't like the book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, for the very reason he does talk about homosexuality as being a sin. But Bill, as we're going to discuss more tomorrow, I don't think that's any different than what the Church's correlated curriculum says about homosexuality, even today in their current curriculum. And I think you're absolutely right. There's this huge disconnect. They don't want to refer to their past leaders as being false prophets, even though they don't agree with what they taught. When you mentioned The Miracle of Forgiveness, that book came out in 1969. What, what do you think, Eric, the percentage, the percentage would have been for members in 1969 who would have disagreed what Spencer Kimball said about homosexuality in his book? Well, less than 10%, probably closer to 5 Oh, I would say it. Probably even less than that, but there's no way that we can prove this one way or the other. It's purely anecdotal and opinion, but still, I would say that the vast majority would certainly support Spencer Kimball and what he said in that book in 1969, but I would say far fewer support it today. What does that show? It tends to show that the culture has certainly had an effect on the thinking of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.